I think we have a lot of Christians that don't understand the seriousness of this battle. And often they are allowing the devil, the world, and the flesh to win. That should not be. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today we are going to be talking more about angels and demons. What does the Bible have to say about these spiritual beings, and how can we protect ourselves from the demonic activity that's in our world today. We're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 6 today, the armor of God. We're going to talk about making sure we're prepared for a real spiritual battle every day. And this is so important now and really every day. But we seem to be living in a world that is getting worse and worse. And I think we really need to be on guard today to protect ourselves from the onslaught of the devil and his demons. So we're going to talk about that. And also on Wednesdays, we have a television program on TBN. TBN is the most watched Christian network in the country. And tonight we're going to be featuring a program filmed in Israel in Nazareth and Bethlehem and in other places that have to do with the Christmas story. And I hope that you will tune in tonight for TBN. We also have a really neat Christmas offer for you. A lot of you are looking for good Christian Christmas cards. We have five different Christmas cards that we're gonna send to you as a bundle of 10, so two of each. The gospel is on the back, Bible verses, beautiful original artwork of the Christmas story on the front. And there's one of the kings, there's one of the angels, there's one of the shepherds, baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And these are really, really nice. And if you will contact us, we'll send you 10 of these for your gift of any amount. You can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. At the end of the program, I'm going to tell you how you can also get some beautiful olive wood Christmas ornaments and a nativity. So stay tuned to the end, and let's listen as we talk about angels and demons today. What does the Bible say about angels and demons? Well, in the first few messages that I did on this topic, we learned that there certainly are angelic beings that God created. And unfortunately, some fell. And you have the good angels, the holy angels, the righteous angels that did not. And we believe maybe a third of the angels fell when Lucifer fell. And we believe that probably was sometime after creation, but obviously before sin. If I were to take a guess at it, that would be the time slot. But boy, we have really messed up things, haven't we? Because we listened to that stupid, ignorant, foolish, lying devil. Now you might say, Pastor Scudder, if the devil is powerful, should you not be calling him names? That's probably something I shouldn't do. Maybe you shouldn't do. But I just get so upset. I get so mad at what he has done. And it's just time for us to stand up against him, to stand up against what he's trying to do and how he's trying to ruin our lives. You say, well, you said already that a Christian, somebody that has received by faith Jesus, cannot be demon-possessed. And I truly believe that to be true because we have someone greater in us God, the Holy Spirit, 
than he that is in the world. So I don't believe a Christian can be possessed, but a Christian can be messed up. A Christian can still succumb to the temptation of the devil, of the world, and of the flesh. And so we have to prepare ourselves to make sure that doesn't happen. We have a program here that meets every Friday night, and we have always over 100 people that gather to make sure that they get the help they need to overcome addictions. It's called the Simple Steps Addictions Recovery Program. We have 12 simple steps. The seventh one is a a message that I did for video, and it's played in all the chapters around the country and a couple in Canada every Friday night, and it's simply this. We are in a real spiritual battle. We have to realize this. We are in a real spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12 says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a spiritual battle going on, but I think we have a lot of Christians that don't understand the seriousness of this battle. And often, because they're not understanding the seriousness, they are allowing the devil, the world, and the flesh to win in their life. And then we have the same problems that the world has. That should not be. Christians often are full of excuses, and it reminds them of a story that I heard about a group of nine soldiers that did not return on time from leave. And the next morning at roll call, they weren't there. By 10 o'clock, the commanding officer was furious, and he was very upset when they finally started to show up. The first one comes before him, and he said, where were you? And the guy says, well, last night I had a date, and uh, it went a little long, and so then I missed the bus, so I hired a cab. The cab broke down. I knocked on a farmhouse. I borrowed a horse, I was riding the horse, and the horse died, and I had to walk the last 10 miles. So the commanding officer accepted it. The next guy comes in, same story, same story. Eight soldiers come in, one by one, with the same story. This guy's about to go crazy. The ninth guy comes in. Soldier, why were you late? Well, I was on a date. It went long, I missed the bus, I got a cab, and the commanding officer said, wait, 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 wait. Steam coming out of his ears. Are you gonna tell me that the cab broke down? He goes, oh, no, 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 the cab didn't break down, but there were broken down cabs all over the road and all these dead horses, and it took us forever (laughs) to get around all of them. What type of excuses do you have of why you keep succumbing to temptation. We're going to give you three simple things that you're going to need to do every day that will help you make sure that the devil is not going to win in this real spiritual battle that we're in. So Ephesians 6 is where we're going to learn the importance of putting on, it says in verse 11, the whole armor of God. This is something I think we need to do consciously every morning, put on the whole 
armor of God. Now notice it says armor of God. This is not you putting on your own armor because if you do, it reminds me of one of our high school camps that we thought it would be a good idea to have one of the counselors put on a painter's suit, which is really nothing more than just white paper, okay? He zips up the painter's suit, and then we had all of the students shooting him with a paintball gun. <laughs> and we thought that was a good idea. But, you know, I mean, he's protected by this tissue paper, you know, it should be fine. <laughs> I saw this happening, and I told my staff, I said, we can't do that anymore. This poor guy has bruises all up and down. It's like you're going to put on your tissue paper protection against the devil? No, put on the whole armor of God. You have to put it on. You have to do this consciously. I think you have to do this on a daily basis. In the morning when you wake up, think about these things. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. And by the way, it says the whole armor of God. I remember on our basketball team, boy, we thought we were amazing. The Quentin Road Christian School Eagles. We had a basketball team. I mean, we had a small little school. We barely had enough for a team. And we had never played basketball, most of us. So we get out there. We had the uniform. We had everything. We had, you remember those warm-up pants that snap? You could just you know, snap them off. Well, those are great until one of our team members comes in and he's at the score table and he's about to do that, and he had forgot to put his shorts on. <laughs> so he takes those warm-up pants off. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but his initials are Mark Julian. <laughs> okay? So <laughs> we were dying. Now, we won the game, but it's because the other team immediately forfeited when they... <laughs> when they saw put on the whole armor of God don't forget something okay don't forget something I don't know if it was Mark but it is now so true story I changed the name to protect the guilty <laughs> but there is evil in the world and we do need to make sure that we are prepared every day so again, we know that the devil is real. We know that the demons are real. We know that there is a fiery eternal judgment reserved for them. But we also know that they still have authority today. They still have power today in this world. Get ready to celebrate the holiday season within grace. This year, we have fantastic gifts to thank you for your support. With any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards featuring original artwork on the front, inspiring Bible verses inside, and the gospel on the back. This will help you show Christ's love this holiday season. For gifts of $35 or more, it gets even better. You'll not only receive those beautiful Christmas cards, but also 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem, Israel. And for gifts of $100 or more, you'll also receive a stunning olive wood nativity scene from Bethlehem, a cherished piece that will grace your home for years to come. Are you ready for more excitement? A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. That's right, your donations will be doubled. So, make this holiday season truly magnificent within grace. 
Call us now at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Or visit us at ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Become part of the InGrace family and celebrate the season of giving. Don't miss this special opportunity to take on the matching gift challenge and double your support. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. First Peter 5.8 warns us of this, and it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I don't know if any of you, if you were in a situation where you were out in uh, Savannah and there's a real lion I don't think there's one of you that wouldn't be really paying attention to that animal. You're not going to take your eyes off of it. You're going to do everything you can to make sure you're going to survive this encounter with a real lion. No one's going to be fooled. No one's going to be duped. But the problem is that really is what he is. He is a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour you. You can't have your soul if you're saved. But he's going to do everything he can to make sure you don't share the gospel. Or if you do, your testimony, people would laugh at you because of the way you're living. But that's not how he appears. He doesn't appear as a roaring lion. He's not going to jump out with a pitchfork and horns, folks. If he did, then we wouldn't be fooled. But what does he do? Second Corinthians, it tells us in chapter 11, verse 14, that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Remember, he was the chief created being, probably the fifth cherubim over the throne of God. And he fell. Now, he isn't an angel of light, but he can transform himself. He's going to be subtle. He's going to be subtle. 2 Corinthians eleven three. For I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. What does beguiled mean? It's a word that simply means deceived or wholly seduced with trickery through his subtlety. Subtlety means cunningness, craftiness, or trickery. It's going to look good. It's going to look right. It's going to have components of truth, but it's not going to be truth. It's going to fool you, or it's going to try to fool you, okay? Be aware of this. Now, the prime example of how this happened is found in the beginning of the Bible. If we don't have Genesis, we don't have anything, friends. Genesis is literal history. Genesis 3, it says in verse 1, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now, this was one of God's created creatures, It's funny that Eve wasn't surprised when the serpent spoke to her. Maybe the serpent had the ability. You know, some animals um, can talk. You've heard of parrots, right? Repeating words. Uh, I remember we had a dog that could talk. It was the most amazing thing. I would say, what's on the top of the house? And he would say, roof. (laughs) Amazing dog. But uh, this serpent seemed to have an amazing ability. It was beautiful. Seemed like it could walk. Serpents can't walk today. So Satan, I think, possesses this creature and goes at 
Eve with subtlety, with craftiness, with trickery, trying to seduce her wholly, to deceive her. And he said unto the woman, which was Eve, yea, hath God said. Now, in Genesis 3, it doesn't say this was Satan, but later in the Bible, it does say this is Satan, okay? Hath God said. This is Satan's MO, modus operandi. He is going to question God, okay? Hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Man, God was so good, wasn't he? God created them, gave them this paradise, said you can eat freely of any tree of the garden, but there's one that you cannot eat of. If you do, you will at that day surely die. Die instantly, spiritually, and begin to die physically. So he's questioning this. This is trickery. This is subtle. He's questioning what? God's goodness, God's authority. Did God really say this? And by inference, the devil is saying that God has denied you something that would be good for you. He's denying it. He wants to keep something from you that would be pleasurable. That's the lie of the devil. Think about all the temptations in the world. That's the lie. God is holding back. He said not to do that. Let me tell you something. When we ever start focusing on what God said not to do, we stop focusing on all the things that God said we can do. Okay? Be careful. Be careful of that negative thought and how quickly those negative thoughts can lead to you doing something so foolish as Eve did. And the woman said unto the serpent, this was mistake number one. She started a conversation with someone that was questioning God and his goodness and his authority. Not to say that you can't answer someone like this because you do need to answer, but you should not have a conversation. But she did. She said unto the serpent. She started a conversation instead of starting a rebuke. Okay? She's tolerating the challenge of the serpent. Now, Certainly, she still could have gotten out of it. There's still hope for her, although this is an early mistake. She could have gotten out of it, but this was the beginning of a lot of dominoes, and that's usually how it happens. Tolerating the challenge of God's authority by the serpent, and then when she started this conversation, when she started to talk and say things to the serpent that weren't an immediate rebuke, what she was doing is she was putting herself in a weak position, Listen, folks, the devil and his demons and the world and the flesh, they're all around us and they're always trying to trip you up. We cannot put ourselves in a weak position. Once we do, it's like you're trying to push a car out of the mud. You want to get the best footing that you can. We cannot afford to put ourselves in that position. So even by starting this conversation, not with a rebuke, but with just talking, it's like you're going shopping with no money. Don't go shopping if you don't have money. Well, I'm just shopping. Well, don't go shopping, okay? Unless you're going to buy, don't shop, okay? Don't have a conversation with a rebel. So 
she says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now that's her response. It sounds right. It sounds like she's repeating what God said, which is good. Except if you really know your Bible, you're going to notice that she both deleted and added to what God said. That's why you need to know your Bible. You need to know exactly what God said. So this is mistake number two. She's not accurate. And by not being accurate, she's adding to Satan's argument. You've got to answer temptation. You've got to answer the devil with the exact truth from God. We'll get to that in a minute. So what did she leave out? What did she subtract? Well, she said, God said we could eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. What did God actually say? God said you could freely eat of all the trees of the garden. By leaving out freely, she is kind of saying, yeah, you know what, God did tell us not to eat of that one tree. I wonder why he would do that. Starting to question, starting to add to the argument of the devil. You say, was that really that, that bad to leave out one word? Yeah, because if she had said, God freely told us to eat all, all of the trees of the garden but one, she's saying he's good. He's not holding back. He's freely given us all this stuff. But since she left out that word, she subtracted from what God said. And then when she said that there's one tree and God said, don't eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, God didn't say that. At least it's not recorded. And I'm guessing God didn't say, don't touch it. You know, we are really good at adding to those things that God said no to. By deleting freely and adding, we can't even touch it. She's kind of adding to this. God is onerous. God is keeping me from something wonderful. I wonder what it is. Don't ever focus on what God said no to because then we stop focusing on all the amazing things that God says yes to. And we'll pause it right here, picking it up tomorrow to learn more about how to resist the devil, how to flee from sin, and how to put on the whole armor of God. Important, important things as we live in a world that's getting worse and worse, and the devil seems to be winning, but friends, he has lost, so don't despair. He's lost because God sent into the world the Savior, the Christ, the anointed one. Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem. And we have a series of Christmas cards that we've made with Bible verses, original artwork, and the gospel. And there's five of each of these cards. We're going to give you two sets of each, a, a number of 10 of these, as our way of thanking you for your gift to Ingrace this month. Your gift right now is doubled in our matching gift challenge, and you'll get these beautiful Christmas cards, again, for a gift of any amount. If your gift can be $35 or more, we'll not only send you the 10 Christmas cards, we're going to send you 10 olive wood Christmas ornaments from Bethlehem. This is one way that you can connect with Israel as Israel needs our support and our prayers. Get these olive wood ornaments and these Christmas cards, again, for your gift of $35 or more. Your gift of 35 will be doubled to 70 right now because of our matching gift challenge. Now, some of you say, hey, pastor, I want to do more. This is Christmas. I want to give a larger gift to the Lord. 
If your gift is $100 or more, we'll send you the 10 Christmas cards, the 10 olive wood ornaments, and we'll send you a beautiful olive wood nativity. We've got nativities in our home, in my office, and I love olive wood nativities, olive wood from Bethlehem. And this is my way of saying thank you for your support. More people will hear the gospel, more people will be saved, and you're gonna get these beautiful Christmas items as my way of thanking you. Remember, your gift is gonna be doubled, so if you do the $100 nativity, that will be doubled to 200. I would love to hear from you right now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of Ingrace's matching gift challenge. A generous benefactor is doubling all gifts for the remainder of 2023. For any gift amount, we'll send you 10 Christmas cards with original artwork as a thank you. For $35 or more, you'll also receive 10 authentic olive wood Christmas ornaments. And for gifts of $100 or more, we have a stunning olive wood nativity scene just for you. Be a part of our matching gift challenge. Double your generosity and pay it forward. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio. Radio.